Are you interested in leadership within the leading organization for minority pre-medical and medical students? The National Leadership Institute is the place to get engaged. Happening virtually, the next NLI will be June 25th to the 27th. Get registered at snma.org and stay tuned for more information. Let's start the show. What's good, everybody? Welcome to SNMA Presents The Lounge. Whether you're in the student lounge, doctor's lounge, or lounging around at home, get ready to join SNMA for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of health care. My name is student Dr. Aldwin, and June is bringing beauty, awareness, accomplishment, your boy is buying a house. I'm starting rotations, about to go into my fourth year, figure out my life, get this residency bag, hey. change the world, inspire minorities, hey. help my community, give a scholarship. I know y'all, y'all doing some tremendous things too, but what is y'all June bringing? Get it. All right. Well, I'm student Dr. Isabella and June is bringing <laughs> redemption. Because mm. COVID snatched up all of last summer, all of fall, all of winter, <laughs> a little bit of spring. But, you know, with the vaccines, now we are finally in a space where things are opening up. You know, I just got an email not too mm-hmm. long ago from uh, my school and they're talking about some, oh, now we're about to allow the rooms to be at 100% capacity, you know, and all these great things. Okay. Like I, I was in Ocean City, Maryland this weekend and there's actually like, businesses saying oh if you're fully vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask like i'm just like yo like seeing people in a store with no mask like that was like that was like (laughs) oh my gosh like 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 wow (laughs) i couldn't even put into words like the last time i saw something like that and that it was just okay so i'm like you know what it's redemption season out here it is what do they call it uh with slavery um uh reparations yeah it's the reparations that COVID <laughs> yes. Snatched from us. yes ma'am <laughs> yes i love it that's what it is <laughs> what's up everybody this is student dr erica dingle coming at you so happy to be here and for june what is june bringing me uh, i'd say it's bringing outside I am outside as much as I can be outside considering this semester because Nero is trying to take a sister out. However, I am making it um, a point to be outside when I can be outside. I want to get all the vitamin D. I want to get all the all the sunlight, all of the uh, the good vibes. And I'm just happy to be here. I am. I'm happy to see y'all. And be here with y'all. I'm happy here, too. Girl. I miss y'all. We don't I even know. talk no more. See, y'all don't even check in anymore. Don't do that. You, you know, I'm finishing up M1 on here. Like, hey, what's up? How, yeah, it's crickets. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Alwyn's lying. Alwyn is a whole lie. I'm just, I'm crawling my way to the end of this first year. Like, I'm crawling. So, you know, crawling, but you're making it. I'm hoping so. I I will. I will. I'm going to only you speak are. positivity. But you're about to start running like we're about to run this list, Erica. Her- hey, Jew, you heard. I love the switch up. That transition, yes. though. I love it. 
It is our favorite part of the show, as Alwyn so eloquently put it. It's time to run the list. So for our preclinical students, running the patient list on the wards allows the team to address all the pressing matters of the day. And we got a lot of pressing matters to discuss today. So we are about to get into it. Shall we, good people? Yes, ma'am. Let's get it. So, uh, I feel like I just want the world to be at peace, but I know that's not going to happen. I sound like a pageant queen. World peace, (laughs) right? Um, But obviously, we know that that's not going to happen. And we've seen so much happen in the last month or so. First, the rise in anti-Semitic hate crimes in the U.S. We have everything Mm. occurring with um, Israel and Gaza and... Uh, Uncle Joe is disappointing us on that front. Um, so how, how do y'all how do y'all feel other than disheartened by the violence that has taken place there, and right. how it's how it's kind of I guess trickling over here in the states? You know, it's been a lot of it's it's been a lot of different stories I've been hearing. You know, with this whole um, Israel and yeah Gaza situation, and you know mm-hmm. I've been. There's some people who I follow like on Instagram who are, you know, of those areas are Middle Eastern. And some of them have been saying, oh, like some people are like misconstruing what's really going on. And like the news is kind of like either gaslighting certain things or not really like being 100 percent transparent about what's really going on. And I do think that, of course, American media does tend to dramatize everything than maybe Mm -hmm. what's really going on. But I do um, agree that there is definitely. anti-semitism and all of these issues that are occurring because you know at for instance at my medical school like there's a very large jewish population they even have like their own organization they sent emails you know telling us to make sure that we're aware and like uh, sensitive to these times that jewish students may be feeling because of all these stuff that's going on in you know in israel mm-hmm. um but i i think that uh overall like just i just want to give some background to our listeners you know in terms of what's been said, that they said that uh, so far sewage systems inside of Gaza has been destroyed. They mm-hmm. had this coronavirus test laboratory that was completely wrecked. Um, there was like broken water pipes that were all over that used to serve about 800,000 people that's been you know destroyed. Um, dozens of schools have been damaged and closed. So about 600,000 students have had to miss classes. 72,000 mm-hmm. Gazans have had to you know flee their homes. So it's just been a lot a lot a lot of craziness right Mm -hmm. and then on top of that too you know we have all this anti-semitic threats and violence that's been occurring throughout the united states um because of what's been going on uh a lot going on in terms of like the new york region apparently there was like brawls that broke out in times square between like Mm pro-israel versus like pro-palestinian protesters and all these things right and i'm getting majority of these resources from um the new york times so they've detailed what's been going on and in terms of uncle biden man that guy He's just biting around like he he's he biting you know, around. I'm saying like he said, you know, he's publicly supporting Israel's right to defend himself, defend itself. But at the same time, he also had warned the prime minister that he can't continue to like, like let this pressure grow because and let like Israel kind of like continue doing things that could also affect Americans. And so I think he's kind of tied, like trying to balance the two of like, being loyal of course as an american president but at the same time trying to allow israel to do what's necessary for their country so i think it's just like a lot of balance that he's trying to do right now yeah i you know i i read um on cnn 
CNN.com. I feel like he's going back and forth with his words. Like one day he's saying, Mm -hmm. I support. The next day day he's not. This article is titled, U.S. will make significant contributions to rebuilding Gaza, Blinken says. I don't know how true, like... That was May 25th. Are we are we right. standing by that? Or are we not? And to your point, Biden is just Bidening now. I love that, by the way, Biden Bidening. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in no way, shape or form do we accept this. We completely speak against these acts of violence, regardless right. of the countries that are involved. Like, be clear. Um, and also, just a quick mention, because there's so much anti-Semitism going on, pro-Israel doesn't necessarily mean being pro-Jewish. And I think that's another reason why we're seeing an uptick in these random but not so random acts of violence. It's pretty upsetting. Mm -hmm. Upsetting, excuse me. Right. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, it's just a very complex issue that that is very difficult to disentangle for me, um, you know, moving forward and seeing being an outside perspective. But I do agree on the points of, you know, I just want peace. You know, I remember when I was a kid and I used to ask my dad, what is your wish, dad? Like, what is your greatest wish you could ever have? And it's world peace. And I still feel that right now. I just want people to be in a place where they're comfortable. I want to be in a place where people respect each other's views. Mm-hmm. And it's just saddening to see hundreds of people being killed, um, regardless of whether they're Jewish or of the Islamic faith. These mm-hmm. are lives. These are family these are sisters brothers wives Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily i'm not necessarily targeting like who's wrong or who's right but i'm really targeting the issue at hand which is to respect and accept each other and love each other genuinely um i will say this that uh, especially as it pertains to our community you know we've had you know such you know certain transgressions particularly with the jewish community but from my perspective i think it's incredibly important that we sit down and we educate ourselves about not only what are the things going on in our community but also what's going on abroad because that affects us and in regards to biden you know tiptoeing tap dancing around bro you can't do that <laughs> just like you're doing us on a student loan debt like i'm watching you right now bro, bro. Like, in one way or you out the other bro you know what i'm saying so you got to be real with the energy you coming with because honestly um we know that there is you know there is a business political side of why he is supporting israel right um and not to say it's right or wrong again um, that's his own decision. But at the end of the day, we have to be critical about our leadership and what decisions they make and how it impacts us locally. If you invest in millions of dollars over there and we got issues here, son, I, I, I'll be, I'll keep it 100. We got issues over here. You know we what do. I mean? And you giving aid. Come on, bro. Like I, what about that aid coming to my loans? I'm sorry. I got to bring it back to that. But nonetheless, <laughs> we understand. We understand. And you know, Listen, this is just another reminder of us trying to be aware of like actually pushing forward with the things that we want as a nation, as in the Mm -hmm. world. So Israel, the U.S., because the U.S., like you just said, Aldwin, they have their own issues. Uh, Let's take, for instance, the George Floyd situation that we're still, you know, trying to to get past. Still waiting waiting for that to happen. And like, you know, it's been one year since he's died um, Mm -hmm. and. The bill, which is um, known as the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2021, has was introduced um, February 24th, and it was passed by the House on March 3rd. And uh, essentially, this bill is supposed to address, you know, accountability for law enforcement misconduct. It restricts the use of certain policing practices, like the unnecessary use of like force or the making mm-hmm. sure that there's like 
restriction of the no knock warrants and the choke holds and even carotid holds. I don't even know why we even have what the heck is a carotid hold like? Listen, that's even we even have to fund a bill, but what? apparently that's mm-hmm. a thing. Um, and is. just like enhancing tra- transparency about these policemen who could um, have had like complaints made against them for police misconduct. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that like like this is something that's so important that we need to make sure that um, we inf- like make sure this bill gets pushed forward and passed, and that it's also a reminder that policing in this country is still something that needs to be worked on it's still an Mm. issue that's plaguing our nation and unfortunately it hasn't ended since george floyd and so i'm hoping that this Mm. bill is like the first step towards actual real accountability that would be nice you know it's you know it's crazy like in the house it was passed 220 to 212 and no not one republican voted to pass the uh, the bill, although it still went through. And obviously, we're still waiting for Senate to make moves on that. But I think this bill is incredibly important. You know, you look at even recently in 2019, there was an individual called uh, Mr. Green in Louisiana that was bludgeoned to death by three white police officers. And mm-hmm. to this day, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what exactly went down. Like I listened right. to an interview and his sister was just talking about how when they l- went to the autopsy, it was like, this this man he did he did not look like he died from a car crash he looked like he was literally beat to death that's terrible the transparency part is this is what is necessary because a lot of these police institutions they don't have to abide by the fact that they have to let people know exactly what they don't have to let all the web uh the the um video cam footage be let known they don't have to know let you know who are the individuals the suspects in the crime they don't have to let you know who are the police officers involved so it's just crazy to for us when we are law-abiding tax-paying individuals in this country and for people to do that especially in the black community when we're hardworking and we set the foundation for this country, like it is a travesty and it's unacceptable. Y'all creating all these other bills like anti this and that. What about us? What about us? Protect what about us? us? Why do I got to feel like I come out the block and I see a cop and I'm scared to death while I'm driving by and I see a police in Atlanta driving past me and I'm feeling like all anxious and apprehensive because of what I'm seeing and what I know mm. what the realities is. And we mm. got to change that reality. Why am I paying to get killed by you? Why am I paying to get killed by you? Yeah. Make it make sense, bro. And that that so brings Biden, please. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that, yeah, yeah. that brings up a bigger point. I mean, we mentioned already that this bill is delayed. Um, like how how do we feel about police reform in general? I mean, this this delay is due to Congress negotiating a rollback qualified immunity to hold more officers or hold officers more accountable for violating civil rights or for using excessive force. And then you have people that are still, you know, defund the police, which I was on board with that for a minute. But what exactly is police reform? Because I don't think it's necessarily defund the police. I think it's more let's try to establish better practices and training. Let's reallocate our resources there. What are your takes on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Erica, because I think with the... So it's funny that you mentioned, like, the defund the police thing, because I was actually going to touch on that. Like, I do think that police reform, a huge part of that, kind of rolls with the defund the police thing. But the thing about defund the police does not mean, okay, we don't need any police, right? Like, that's not what that means. That means that literally what you just said, let's take this money that we're shoveling into the policing system and let's use that to build community centers for kids to go to after school Mm -hmm. or to build, like, you know, places where... um, 
there's productive sit like citizenship being exemplified right. um, where you don't have to feel like you need to go to the streets and you know right. engage in risky or uh, like violent behavior and i and there place there's actual places like camden new jersey where they've literally cut like the funds they were putting into the police system by half and the crime rate dropped extensively so mm. I, it is proven that it works i just think that you have to know if this money that you're taking away from policing where is it going to go to is it going right. to go towards something positive that will actually create change right or like a neighborhood watch even <laughs> right exactly yeah i agree that's a fact yeah i mean for me you know defund the police I do I do agree with you, Erica. Um, like we have to allocate appropriate resources for other opportunities within our communities. I think some of the things include mental health training, mm-hmm. um, allowing a lot of police officers officers understand, all right, this person may be experiencing depression, anxiety. Maybe you could see signs of an individual engaging in particular activities, but that may be because they've, you know, drank alcohol or they are having issues at home, like having that psychological awareness and wherewithal to say it's more to it than just that individual, right? right? They're not just a criminal, they're a human being. And our behaviors are a product of what we see, what we interact with, what happens to us and what we do to our environment as well. So I think that de-escalation training, uh, allowing more police officers to live in the same communities that they live in. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, that's what it was, right? You police the same area that you you lived in, and so you had fealty, you had loyalty to that. So whatever you did, it was it was either good or bad. People knew what it was, and so we had a perspective that we would respect you if we knew that you was holding it down. But right. if you're not holding it down, then it's a right. lot more pressure on you. So what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? You gonna act accordingly, act appropriately at the end of the day. And I think also uh, allowing more engagement between political leaders, the police, and the community. You know, including gangs, nonprofits. I think we have to have sit downs, more sit downs and discussions because there's so much, so much mistrust between all of these community, you know, entities, right? So how do we prosper? How do we move forward? We have to create a situation where we feel comfortable enough to talk about it, to be real and transparent with each other. It's not every day that you see a blood or a brother on the block chilling, talking to another NYPD or whatever police officer you could think of, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about how how do I work for you? Like, how can I best service your community? And how can I ensure that I'm behaving or acting in a way that I don't get killed. I don't get shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how, how do how do we integrate these two things together so that we build, you know, a, a better tomorrow? Not necessarily just for us, but for our progeny, for our future. I'm scared. I'm scared for my kids. You know, yeah. God willing, if I have kids to come into this world, I got to teach them so many things that other races don't have to worry about. And I don't want that to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? I think also it's a bigger issue of government. Like, honestly, we mm-hmm. voted for the Biden administration because we thought they were going to do right by us. And not to mm-hmm. say it hasn't been a year yet. All right. So we're still giving y'all a little bit of grace. But let's talk about what we really want to talk about right now regarding this yes. student loan forgiveness, because mm-hmm. that yes. was one of the major things that had a lot. Listen, I am listening. I'm trying to block him out because I'm not trying to laugh. But no, y'all, like, seriously, listen, Uncle Joe, you were invited to the cookout. I was going to bring you a, a, a plate of potato salad myself. But now I'm just, now you I'm, I'm very beans. upset. And it's like, like campaign promise after promise is getting dropped. And, you know, during right. his campaign, 
President Biden, Uncle Joe, now he out here Bidening, pledged to right. forgive $10,000 in student loan debt for all borrowers and the rest of the debt for those who earn less than $125,000 a year and attend public or historical black colleges and universities. And now what are we left with? Absolutely nothing. He, he promise. The promise is this. gone. What in the world? <laughs> All right, Alvin, go ahead. dropped it off in his budget? Like, bro, like, really? Completely. We're going to talk about this. We might have to do a 10, 15-minute segment. I'm sorry, executive producers. Stand up. I mean, everybody, we're going to have to go in on this right now. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yo, speaking speaking about this issue, though, honestly, like, every day, that's one of my favorite topics is to look up, you know, student loan debt. We find out that... We find out that on average, 78% of black students take out federal loans to pay for college, higher mm-hmm. than the national average, which is at 60%, and white students is at 57.5%. So there's surprised. already a huge disparity in itself. And, that, and we're talking about just for college. Now, look at look at our situation now. Like, Isabella, you took out debt? Did you take out loans? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Erica, you took yeah. out loans for med school? Absolutely. And I took out loans for med school. Like, and we know that there's, and when you look at the statistics for medical school students as well, we're the second largest group of people to take out debt percentage wise right. mm-hmm. you know I mean? right. outside of international medical students. You know what I mean? Right. So we, we have to hold him accountable. We have to hold him true to what he stated and what was his purported mission. And I think that was probably his top three or four. We were talking about a heavy a year ago. Now, now, how does this just dissipate? You know what I mean? And the NAACP and 35 civil rights organizations called for $50,000 debt cancellation on April 1st. We have mm-hmm. yet for him to address that. That's a lot of... But I want to say shout out to Wilberforce University, the HBCU. Yeah. They actually canceled student loan debt right. for graduating students. Clapping it up. $75,000. You know what I mean? So Amazing. if you expect us to go out into these communities, be doctors, entrepreneurs, lawyers, and today he even did a press conference and talking about the racial disparities on why black entrepreneurs aren't successful because they don't have black accountants and they don't have black lawyers to support them. So right. if you're talking all that, then be about it. Put the money where your mouth is. Put it. If you're not doing that, then I'm not trying to hear that la 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 that talk talk. Like I need action. <laughs> I need you to put this money in my bank account right now so I can pay my loans. Or, you know, do, do, uh, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, honestly. Like I feel like on, on a on a political scale, like we it's not enough of us on a on a political end, right? Doing enough advocacy, advocacy not enough of us right. putting stuff into his ear, ear and letting him know like what's really good. That's you know true, what I mean? Though. So we 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 gotta uphold our character, but we also gotta uphold him in terms of keeping sure that he's doing what he needs to do. So Biden. Mm-hmm. The, the time is ticking. You know, you kicked out of my own, you know, b- barbecue, you know, and family gathering. So <laughs> you I ain't rocking with you, bro. Out. I ain't rocking with you, bro. He's like kicked Honestly, out. I need to make a super quick point, too, because, like, Derek Johnson from the NAACP also made this really good point, like, how he said student loan debt continues to suppress the economic um, economic prosperity of black Americans, across, black Americans across the nation. You cannot begin to address the racial wealth gap without addressing the student loan debt crisis. You can't just address one without the other, plain and simple, right? So we're talking about getting to generational wealth. We're talking about black people trying to advance, you know, mm-hmm. when we've had so many setbacks. We've had redlining. Right. We've had, you know, not being able to take out bank loans to get homes. We've had, you know, all these systematic ways to make sure that black people don't get the same opportunities. And the reason why we're so behind when it comes to just wealth in general and student loan debt is right on par with that. And so I think that he definitely disappointed um, 
especially the, the black people who was riding for him, who was supporting mm-hmm. him, who was campaigning for him, mm-hmm. basically throwing this out. And I think he really needs to reconsider, honestly. He better. Honestly. Yep. Well, whew, all right. We got that off our chest and all went said it with his chest. He said it with his whole <laughs> with chest. His, full chest. his whole entire right chest. Woo. I believe you. I, be- I believe you. We see it too. I believe you. In other, in other news, um, and this is this kind of makes me sweat because I'm still nervous because of COVID for a number of reasons. But the CDC says vaccina- vaccinated folks can uh, take their masks off. And we're pretty much going by the honor system out here in these streets. And I don't know how yeah. I feel about that. I'll be honest. I don't know, y'all. I know See, I got mine. What I need people to not do is go around sneezing and think it's okay to not wear a mask. If you're sick, put it on. I don't care whether you don't have COVID or not. Like, if you got the flu, put it on. Because I'm wondering why we weren't already using masks when people was having the flu, fever, all that. Why were we out here sick and sneezing freely? I'm so confused. A whole air air droplet precautions or droplet (laughs) precautions like in any other institution. But we walk around here. And then people were out here really getting these fake cards. So it's just, it's like, dude, I mean, although half of the country is vaccinated, right? According to the recent data. However, there are still risks. Like there was a baseball player the other day that tested positive after getting vaccinated. We know that that can happen. Mm -hmm. So I just, I personally don't know. I don't know y'all. And I'm happy to be traveling soon, but I just don't know. I mean, I definitely think that like, so we're in the medical field and I feel like like we're amongst already kind of like a safe space because we know that our job requires us to take this stuff seriously, right? So we have to be vaccinated. For the right. most part, we're going to be around other people who also have to be vaccinated because that's mm-hmm. just the space that we're in. Now, mind right. you, now once we leave that space, <laughs> all bets are off. Like, right. it is what it is. Right. So I think that, like, it's more so just, like, being cognizant. All right, like, when I go out, like, who is in this space with me? Are we all medical students? Are we all in the health field? Or are there a couple of Joe Schmoes that I don't know what you're doing? You know, Planning whether you really got that vaccine or not. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it's like, just just be, just use discretion. You know, use your mask when you know that you may be in a space that these people didn't have to really get vaccinated. And use your mask if, like I said, if you're just sneezing for whatever possible or coughing or whatever, or you have some kind of sickness, it doesn't have to be COVID, but you don't need to be spreading that. Please so, don't. Yeah. Please don't on oh, my See, mama. I'm outside with it. You know, I'm outside. Mask off. <laughs> I knew Mask it. Mask off. I knew it. I'm Yodorone, Zopadem. Hey. I'm sorry I had to get that out real quick. <laughs> Yo. Um, no, but for real though, like, um, you know, I'm in Atlanta right now and everybody just, they, there is no mask in sight. Like I was in Publix today, which is like a grocery store out here and like over 80% of the people in there don't have a mm-hmm. mask. So a lot of the businesses out here, they just like, it's up to you if you want to. They're not necessarily enforcing it. They took down all of those signs. that was like mass needed. So people are just like out waiting. here. And I'm sure mm-hmm. most yeah. of those people aren't vaccinated, right? We like Erica said, it's 50% of the people that's vaccinated out here. So, right. um, I believe I'm I'm double masking, son. Honestly, I mean triple now because people they just doing whatever. And 
I don't know. Do you? I don't know. If, I don't know if we'll ever get to that 70, 80 percent plateau, honestly, because, you know, the vaccination rates are decreasing. I think we will. Each I and every day. we will, because now um, these, these spaces are making people have to get vaccinated, like to start school up again and to that's like a whole right, nother you know, conversation. Yeah, they're making like Penn is making everybody right. get vaccinated. So I think like if you are going to something that's consistent, like a job or school, you may just have to get vaccinated. So yeah. if we may get there. I think we will. I thought that they were going to uh, try to come through with this uh, vaccinated or vaccine passport because, you know, lots of people are starting mm-hmm. to travel. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's funny, though. There are so many travel snobs. Um, you would think. I don't know. It's almost like elitism to a certain extent. Like people are upset that people are trying to travel. Well, first of all, whether people have traveled before the pandemic or this panorama, panty raid, whatever, whether they Mm -hmm. travel before that or not, that's their business. And if they want to go be free, go be free. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know why, why we have to. That they're traveling (laughs) using Klarna, which is a easy payment. Uh, options, so it's like uh, right. it's basically like a credit layaway. You split it up right. in four payments, and you you, you, you have to pay with that. Yeah, Love use it right. on after pay, all that stuff. But let's not act like before we had these options, people weren't already putting their plane tickets on credit cards. Okay, like let's stop acting as right. if people weren't already Touch. finding means because I know you cannot go to Timbuktu and then go to Bahamas <laughs> in the same week. <laughs> <laughs> with your with, with the salary that you're making, like now you're doing too much. So yeah, just, get them. They're, they're just mad that now everyone is except like has the access to use what they were already using to travel. And I think that's okay. They should go ahead. NYB and NYB, mind your business. Mm-hmm. If it don't have nothing to do with you, if it's not hurt or impacting your life, then just leave it as is. Don't hate, appreciate, and celebrate. Because exactly. you could be in that position if you make the right decision. If you make the wrong decision, then you're not going to be there. Oh, well, who cares? Right. I'm right. moving forward my life, and so should everybody else. The world is opening up. Why should I continue to restrict myself if I'm taking the proper precautions to protect myself and my community? Now right. I get the opportunity to live the way I need to live. I'm this great. whole year has been a testament to everybody's mental health. You, mm-hmm. Isabella, you, Erica, how mm. you transitioned over into medical school on a fully virtual you right. know, platform. We're social beings as humans, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So to be able to, you know what I'm saying, transition over back to what is normalcy, it's been very difficult. So I salute anybody that's, you know, accepting that and willing to take that chance to go travel. And that's what the world is about. Like, yeah. you can't be stuck out here on the same block and the same energy all the time. I agree. Like, especially for a whole year, you limited. Limited yeah. minds see what only limited people can see. You feel me? Yeah. So, <laughs> They need to operate in the operate in the spirit of <laughs> of worry about yourself like that. You know worry what? That's what yourself. I feel like everybody needs to do, especially white Republicans, um, because mm-hmm. here we are in 2021, mm-hmm. and this uh, the Texas heartbeat yeah. bill, uh, which makes abortion at six weeks illegal now. And you know, I'm so tired of people who don't have a uterus policing uteruses right. I, I don't know if that's even the best way to say it but like no, and who is it it's, it's usually the white republicans and this bill yeah. requires this is crazy like who knows for real for real if they're pregnant at six weeks all the time you know what i'm saying like right. six right. weeks right. anyway I digress, but I will progress. This bill requires (laughs) that providers check for a fetal heartbeat before performing an abortion and bans them from carrying out the procedure if one is detected. Y'all. It's this is me. 
Ugh. It's the doing too much. They coming out the woodworks. Like, why out. are you? And like, you know, it goes back to like, just literally mind your business. And you know, the thing is that like, they really believe that by putting in laws like this, this is actually going to help women <sighs> and like help this situation of saving babies. You're literally going to kill not only the baby, but the mother. Because the mother is going to find a way if she needs an abortion to get an abortion. And then you're going to have a lot of illegal abortions going on. People dying left and right. And you're going to be sick because you thought that you did something for these people when re really you just exacerbated the situation. So I wish we could just literally have faith in Roe versus Wade that already happened years ago and leave it alone. Why do we keep going back to a law that already got passed? You know, it's just it's giving it's giving force. So yeah. and it's crazy. There's a similar bill in Mississippi. And that one is for, I think, 15 weeks. It's just wild. I'm done talking because I'm angry. <laughs> I believe in women's ability to execute the decisions they want for their bodies. And so I always say this on this platform. I'm supremely against uh, a lot of these bills. And I think um, it, it is really, really for control. Like it's, okay. it's really for them to uh, systematic, systematically control what's going on in regards to women and uh, instill the patriarchy that's been in America for so long. Yeah. Right. And often we always talk about this, like we're dealing with a whole pandemic and y'all pulling up with all these bills. Where was this energy five, six years ago? Like right. y'all just coming out, hey, the, the a, you know, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, it's just, you just see the ploys and the actions that they're doing and how they really are trying to cultivate this kind of ideation and perpetuate it. And these Republicans, they constantly are coming out here and trying to go against the grain when they know that most people don't agree with them, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. So we, again, we got to be out here in these streets and ensure that the, these bills don't pass. Texas has been one of those places, Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, a lot of these, it's unfortunate when you talk about all of the disparities as it pertains to maternal uh, health care. And so mm -hmm. they are re definitely reinforcing these issues. And, you know, we as future clinicians and physicians, we got to stay at the front line and continue to combat this. Right. And I think that, like, you know, bills like this further show like America's ugly head when it comes to just judgment and just like pretending like we're the moral compass, which is why you have individuals like Billy Porter who recently um, revealed that he was HIV positive, but this was not a new diagnosis. He's been, right. he received this diagnosis right. all the way in 2007 mm -hmm. and he just right. now came out with it recently. Um, and that's because of the judgmental op oppressive state that America can exude all the time to people that right. people want to hide who they are and, you know, and shrink um, or at least like, like not con like give away details that could, would have made a difference Sex. if they had said it you know, years ago. Right. And so he talked about how, you know, he basically 2007 was like the worst year of his life. He was bankrupt. He found out he was HIV positive. I think he even found out he had type two diabetes and he just like mm -hmm. was living basically like in isolation and, and just like in, in a very fearful state with all of these things that were new to him and new to his life. And he didn't even tell his mother about mm. this diagnosis. Um, mm. And it's just, it's just really sad that, you know, you have, and he's such a prominent individual, right? Like, and he's, you know, he's such, he's, he's going to be in so many new projects and he's doing a lot for himself, but it's just crazy. Cause you know, he said how that role in pose was like him basically being able to talk about his own life, but in a way mm -hmm. that was like, not like, him saying it directly through a but him saying it through his mm -hmm. exactly through a surrogate yeah. um and it's it's beautiful that he used that role to help 
almost like as a cathartic release for his own struggle but it's also sad that he couldn't have been able to say this before you know and i think it speaks to right. the character of our nation how we just don't accept people for who they are yeah and what yeah i think the stigma i think the stigma is so real like i remember on my surgery rotation we had a, a black patient um who had came in and um he basically had inflamed gallbladder and um we took the gallbladder out and whatnot i remember going to visit him you know for two weeks you know straight back to back mm -hmm. and the first day after the surgery, the surgeon, um, you know, told me like, hey, this this guy, he's HIV positive. He didn't even effing tell me. And it was a white guy. And it's like, yo, you don't even understand what this man is going through. You know, right. and through the two weeks that I was sitting with him, talking to him, he's like, yo, I was afraid. Like, I don't want people to know. Like, my mom doesn't know. My brothers don't know. And it's like, it's real because we got to center these conversations about this is not about the person, the individual. It's about our community is about accepting and celebrating the fact that they're dealing with this issue. Having HIV is not easy. You know what I mean? There's mental right. issues that can mm -hmm. arise. There's physical issues that can arise, physiological issues. So we as a community have to learn how we can communicate with each other and be transparent with each other. And it's not, you know, it's a very challenging thing because over the past 20, 30 years that we've known about HIV, you know, right. and even though there's, you know, a lot of treatment plans that you could put forth for HIV, it's still the stigma of if I let people know, like, will people accept me? Will I, you know, will I be able to go back into my community? Like, how would people perceive of me? Will I not be able to get jobs? Will I not be able to get into a relationship? Will I not be able to have a family? Right. So all of these revolving doors of issues and questions, it's an unfortunate aspect of the disease, but we have to learn again that it's not about the individual. It's about us respecting them, respecting the process and supporting them so that they can move forward with their life. So shout out to Billy Porter because he's not necessarily doing it for himself, but he's also doing it for so many people that are Right. dealing with the same issue and for especially me you know, the black I recently, community especially yeah, the black community you know and black so men I for hiv online psychiatry rotation with the apa because i'm really interested in this like nice. i really want to advocate for this you know what i'm saying and really learn right. more because it's, it's such a such a complex issue and we got to continue to talk about it if we don't talk about it then we're not aware about it and if we're not aware about it then we can't change it you know what, what grinds my gears a little bit and I'm, we can move on. It, like HIV has no look. Nobody goes around looking to become right. HIV positive, right? right? But then you have, and I'm using our community mainly because you have, you have people who are diabetic, hypertensive, and they literally oh. don't even, like that's something that you get because of how you technically mistreat your body, right? On the regular, mm -hmm. like that's, that's the diabetic process. That's the hypertensive process. This doesn't just, it doesn't just hit overnight. You can get right. HIV from sleeping with a person one time. And I right. just think it's crazy how we look at persons with HIV, like, Oh my God! Versus, right. <laughs> and not to right. say we should that's go like a chronic, yeah, like a condition right that like, develops over time. Over right. time, we don't look at diabetics like, oh my God! Like you still not exercising? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> why? <laughs> like I think right. to your <laughs> with, right with, to your point, yeah. Alwyn. You know, there really is so much more behavioral. Um, a need to address the behavioral side of certain diseases, et cetera, et cetera. And I wish we just did a better job at that in our community. Right. So shout out to you right. for applying to that program. I think that's dope. We need more of that in medicine. For sure. Yes, Thank you, Erica. And you know what we need less of? 
We need less less of these these sexual assault cases. These physicians out here. What do we Mm. need? Like psych evals on everybody that comes through every system at this point. Like sounds like it. This California OBGYN sexual assault case. uh, Listen, uh, this man, Dr. James Heaps, okay, a former gynecologist at the University of California, was brought up on. I was I always say brought up on charges. He was indicted for 21 counts of very lewd acts, okay, um, sexual abuse offenses, where he is accused of sexually assaulting several women. This is a doctor, an OBGYN. Bro, like, what do you do? Like, what are these people doing? Like, Erica, like you said, they definitely need, like, some mental health. Like, we got to do a whole PHQ-9 when these people come through and make sure we do that every year for every doctor because this is not right. You know what I mean? Like, we hear this all the time, and it's crazy, like, that this is happening, but we don't emphasize this enough. So many women go through this and don't have the voice. They don't have the opportunity to be put in a position where they could elaborate on their experiences. So I'm glad that this is being put out, and we have to continue to navigate these situations and recognize that we as physicians, we have to hold ourselves to accountable and uh, accountable level and have some integrity. And I'm sure there's people around him that knew what he was doing, and it was on a hush-hush saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let me turn my head. Like, nah, you I, you make sure you, man, I, I did somebody do something crazy like that. I put my paws on them like crazy. Like, and when I be reading that, and I just feel sorry for so many of these women that go through this. And um, oftentimes, yeah. it, it's just, they're just left defenseless. Like, they, they don't know where to go with it. But I, honestly, you know, as a physician, as a future physician, um, I, I'm just disheartened to continuously see this in our profession and is truly breaking down the barriers of what we have created, especially in the black community. This happens too. We've seen this happen in ICE detention centers. We see this happen all the time. So we, there's something that has to go on. We got to make sure we regulate these institutions, make sure we regulate these doctors and hold them accountable. I hope that you go into jail for a very long time mm. and that there's people out there in that jail that's going to take care of you. him name preaches now (laughs) sorry (laughs) i honestly think that like you know it's scary for me because he's a whole obgyn so it's like how do you even avoid that situation because you're assuming that you were trained to do it medically and not sexually but clearly now we gotta we gotta that's another layer we gotta you know peel off um, but I want to, of course, make it known that this man, thankfully, was arrested in June 2019. His medical license has been suspended, so he's no longer a doctor. So that's one good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, this is hmm, this is concerning to me because he is a whole like he's literally the doctor of women's genitals. And, right. you know, like if someone trains to do that, but they literally have a sickness like that, how do you even like begin to like weed out people who could have that and then decide to train in these areas you know it's it's to me it's like it's really sad that that's the case and you know it's it's him dr james or let's say james heap he lost that title Mm -hmm. then there's even like the u.s gymnastics case which that's near and dear to my heart with uh with larry nasser we also removed the md from his name Mm because goodbye that one was crazy i remember i watched that um documentary on netflix called athlete a and it literally Mm -hmm. went into the entire situation of like this man was a U.S. gymnastics doctor, former osteopathic physician. Um, and this, Ouch. he literally, like, almost, he had hundreds of women, uh, gymna- like, gymnasts, who he 
would do these unnecessary physical evaluations claiming that oh yeah i need to look at your vagina for some reason or whatever right. mind you this is like what are you looking Shake at someone's vagina for for a sports eval like what does that have to do with about my leg an OBGYN, and that's exactly <laughs> right he's like a sports medicine doctor like yeah. what are, are you, what are you doing mm-hmm. how did you force it like that you know so like i think that it's really sad that you know, you, we we're, we we put ourselves in this uh, this field. We trust these people who say that they want to do it. We say the Hippocratic Oath and all that stuff. And y'all out here doing it for your own right. personal sick gain. I think right. right. And what's wild, you know, uh, not to belabor the moment, but just so y'all are aware, this, this James Heaps guy, and I don't know the charges specifically for Larry Nasser, but he faced multiple counts of, uh, counts each of sexual... <laughs> Sexual battery by fraud, sexual exploitation of a patient, and sexual penetration of an unconscious person by fraudulent representation, Sick. according to a copy of the indictment, allegedly took place from uh, this took place from tw- two thousand nine to twenty eighteen. And uh, it's just you bring up a good point: is like how do we protect? I think both of y'all did actually. How do we protect our women? Like, what do we do? I don't know. I I think we have to, uh, me as a black man, like I have to acknowledge black women and women in general's pain, the overarching patriarchy that has influenced a lot of our societal economics, our societal relations, our societal barriers. Um, We have to continue to acknowledge that and we have to continue to be in a place where we can talk about it, where we, if we see something going down, it's not snitching. It's like, yo, this is wrong. Right. I don't care if you from the streets or you're a physician or that's your brother or your colleague. Like, we got to put pressure on the people that we see that are doing wrong because oftentimes, again, people turn their head and it's like, oh, yeah, that's his own business. I want to be involved in that. But by you not being involved in that, you are guilty by, you know, affiliation. You mm-hmm. are guilty by turning against your morals. And so uphold the morality of our profession uphold the morality of our community by saying no this is wrong and if you you cannot do this you know what i'm saying and i'm going to report you you know and so i think at the end of the day if, if we're not able to consistently put that effort in and consistently say that we are going to engage in this fight then there's going to be issues that are going to continue to arise mm. very true and i think uh, that you know when it comes to protecting women you know, it, it's sexual assault is one front. Then there's also mm. the front of closing your mouth when you weren't asked to be in a conversation. Tell I want to use the example of Plies, who <laughs> Tell for him. some reason he made himself the con- connoisseur of bonnets. Um, <laughs> how bonnets should be used and who should wear bonnets and what t- when the time of the Can day the bonnet quiet? should be. And I don't know who asked him to join this conversation. Plies, please go back. To the whatever year he his raps made sense was that two thousand baby sis okay. wait sis the you one, said the connoisseur nah, nah like he needs he's doing too much now like he let me say what let me say the tweet that this With man actually accent. tweeted he said it should be a law you shouldn't be able to wear bonnets no more than six feet outside your residence ain't in y'all business ladies I just thought they were supposed to be sleep in okay but that me, is in my business. Let me break Facts. it down to you, Mr. Plies. My bonnet <laughs> will be used at the time that I want my bonnet to be used. So if I decide to make a quick grocery trip with my bonnet, right. it's not your concern. You're if allowed. I decide I, I want to get gas in my bonnet, it's not your concern. I don't know. Like, like I'm sorry, Alwyn. Get your black men. They're doing too much. 
<laughs> yeah, I love women in bonnets. I love women when their natural beauty, their natural state. So I'm waiting for the day where I see a doctor, a black woman doctor in her bonnet pulling up. So I, I'm all for support of you, Isabella, and I'm definitely against plies, and I'm letting it know. <laughs> Ladies, wear the bonnets to the extent that you need to. Wear it at the beauty salon. Wear it on a block. Wear it at the bodega. Always wear it on train. I support it. You know, she- so... You know what, though, Owen, and we love you for your support always and forever. Like, you know, Plaz, thank you. Plaz also followed this up with saying bonnets is the female do-rag. But I have never, (laughs) ever heard any black man come at incorrectly or sideways for wearing his do-rag in public. In fact, fact. it's fly. So here we are again with this radicalized lens on the bonnet and with black women feeling like, can we get some support? And you know what? If you want to wear your bonnet, cool. Like that's your business. I'm operating in the spirit of worry about myself. If I like, you know what I'm saying? Like if that's what you do, cool. But I don't understand why, why there's always just this target like we had one of our executive producers tell us a story about being in the or with um i believe it was a a a young lady white girl with a messy bun and the bun wasn't even like a cute messy bun it was like you need to wash your hair type messy bun it probably smells type messy bun but did she get approached no but like I could literally wear my little fro and it'd be right. considered to be unprofessional. So it's it's just tiring, man. Fact. We always gotta make up for for the perfect. heat that we get. Always right. gotta look perfect. Can't wear a bonnet. But you know what? I'm gonna just worry about myself. On the other side of the coin, and I'm gonna say the other side of the coin as a little ah, the coin. I love it. Listen, listen. I love it. I tried to do a little We do have black women being celebrated when it comes to coins and specifically quarters because they're trying to get some new quarters made to celebrate women who have actually made impacts on all fronts, whether it's in the arts, the sciences, um, you know, uh, yeah, like art sciences, whatever other fields, (laughs) yeah, life in general. Um, (laughs) They're trying to celebrate them through putting them, well, well, of course, putting them on quarters, but you have to be deceased Mm -hmm. in order to be on the quarter. And so far they've come up with two women, uh, one being Maya Angelou, you know, the Mm -hmm. poet queen, the civil rights queen. She's just, she's done everything. And then of course, Sally Rice, um, who was the first Mm -hmm. NASA woman astronaut. And so these two women uh, should appear on the quarters, uh, I think starting, yeah, starting June, 2022, according to one of the CNN, yeah, according to cnn.com mm-hmm. and yeah and then they also want to get um, input from other people on on which woman they think should be included on the rest of these quarters so i need to find whatever form i got to fill out because i got a lot of women that i'd love to see on some right. of these coins you know that we carry in fact. our wallets hashtag so, michelle obama right and we need we need we need uh women specifically black women on some of these bills too Right, mm-hmm. like they're talking about Harriet Tubman being on a twenty dollar bill. They're working on that currently, so I hope that comes into fruition. We just need right. more diversity because they have a lot of <laughs> white supremacists and all of that on there. You know what they I mean? Do. So I'm just happy about this. I'm happy that we continue to celebrate such achievement, especially in our community. All like we we don't know so much about our history because we're not exposed to it, and now right. we get to highlight some of the important women and their accomplishments and how we can accomplish just like them. And 
I'm I'm elated because this is just a beginning trend. Who, yeah. Who's to say in 2026 to 2029 what they're gonna do? We might have 10 black women on there. You know what I mean? Right. Like that let's would get be to dope. It. That would be dope. And you know what? Speaking of just excellence we want to congratulate all of the graduates of 2021 we are are so 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 proud of you eps okay deandre camilla faith everybody Um, everybody all those who graduated 2021 lauren yeah arnell gang 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 yeah, okay. there's too many names, so I'm gonna just chill right now. Yeah, but shout out to everybody. Well agreed, especially the SNMA, all the graduates. I'm so happy, and y'all inspired me. That was my original class that I came through with in 2017, and see, I just grow up, get into residency, and now y'all getting a bag, changing the world. It right. means so much to me. I love y'all for real. For real, same. And it's 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 interesting because there's so much achievement still taking place right like we see it as snma we see black excellence right mm-hmm. there's there's the uh, lmsa i believe for latina mm-hmm. students but yeah. y'all there's still such a despair a discrepancy um in the field of medicine in general there has mm-hmm. been a call to action on twitter um yep for listen we want to know we want we want numbers. We want to know. Shed a tea. Specifically <laughs> to the N. It was NMRP. NRMP. Yes, Sorry, NRMP. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We want to yeah. know two things. So first, 1984, 2.5 times less likely to match for black med students. Okay. Mm. Tw- in 2015, black med students. 2.7 times less likely to match. So 30 years later, this gap has widened. And that's for black students. For the Latin for Latin X students, same same timeline, 1984. They were 2.5 times less likely to match. Right. And what's the source, sis? Tell us the source. Oh, sorry, I thought I said it. This is according to JAMA. This is according oh, to Jamma. Oh, Jamma. Oh, yes. Jamma. Oh, that Jamma. Already? Oh, girl. I was like, yeah. Actually, if y'all want to look it up, it's an article called Placement of U.S. Medical Student School Graduates in Gra- Graduate mm-hmm. Medical Education 2005 through 2015. So y'all can look mm-hmm. up the article, do your research yourselves, because this is an issue. And like I said, it's been a call to action by many uh, physicians specifically on Twitter because we want to know what's happening and like right. we want to know how do we fix this amongst us if there's anything we can do and why why is there still such a discrepancy why do y'all think and y'all talk about y'all need more diversity more black doctors y'all know the percentages 5% of physicians are black yeah we make up 14% of the population Bruh. yet is the trend is getting worse? Make it make sense. Like y'all really make not it make t- y'all sense. talking, but not y'all not about the real energy. And I think the the problem <laughs> is that this is oftentimes swept under the rug because it's not affecting the majority, right? Right. If we was a majority and we seen oh there's a decrease in blacks getting into residencies, like we gonna tackle it head on. But right. the the system in itself is created not for ourselves to be successful, but rather the majority to be successful. And so right. uh, this conversation, we gotta put the pressure and pause on 
the NRMP on ACGME, the AAMC. Like I've been meeting with program directors from various residencies just because of issues like this. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm emailing them. Like I got a meeting on uh, this Friday. I'm meeting with a neuropsych residency. So because of issues like this, we got to put our face to the front of this and tackle these issues. And when I'm in these meetings, I ask them like straight up, like how many black residents have you had? What is mm-hmm. the diversity initiatives? Mm-hmm. Like you got to target that and you got to let them That's know, important. you got to put it to their mind so that they are aware. And even if I don't match their, at least they thinking about like, oh, this man, like right. he's really, really trying to enforce this and push the issue because I'm not dumb. And most of the black med students out here, all the black med students are not dumb. We know this is an issue. So right. we got to continue to have these conversations and not be timid, not be scared. You know what I mean? Because if we are timid, like if we don't face it ourselves and nobody's going to do it, if we don't put our issues to the forefront, then who else will care about it? All There's so out. many patients waiting for us. They need us to match. They need yeah. us to get into residency. They need us to get into fellowship. So we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for our future. We're doing it for dealing with health disparities. We're dealing for the kid on a block that wants to be a doctor and he sees that that's a gastroenterologist or he sees that that's a, a, a breast radiologist and he wants to do that. That's what mm-hmm. we're doing it for. So we can't forget that. I agree. Here he well, is. Said. well said. Well, y'all, that is our show. Thank it you. Long. It was, right? We had a lot to talk about today. We but went you through know, everything. Right? But we did it, y'all. We did, right. it. We did it. I'm out of breath. <laughs> I think I got some respiratory failure going on. And let's right. not forget, y'all, this Somebody June is Pride some Month. Butyrol. We got we to gotta give a shout out to Pride Month, y'all. It let's is Pride forget. Month. Happy Pride yeah. Month. It's also, I think, National Black Men's Health Month. So that's... Mm. Get get your colonoscopies and celebrate with pride. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Y'all come take care of my health. Erica and Sabelli, I got me. Uh, okay. I got you in a couple years, bro. I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, let us know your thoughts about the discussion we had today by emailing us at podcast at snma.org. And be sure to follow the SNMA on social media to stay up to date on upcoming events like joining the podcast team come one come all all right we have spots that are open we've had some of our fourth years are now leaving us and so we do have need in the team everyone is important on this team (laughs) trust and believe erica and aldo know that Mm -hmm. the backbone of this podcast are those who have been behind us who have been pushing us who have been controlling all of the things to make these episodes sound as beautiful as they've sounded and so Mm -hmm. please if you have any interest in this come out and join us we need you and of course don't forget that on june from june 25th to june 27th it will be the national leadership institute and we need everyone to come out to that as well. And yeah, come on, come all guys. Pull up. I just want to say. So much. Oh, sorry. Aaron, it's here. so hard to say goodbye <laughs> to my homemade Dre. <laughs> that was for you, Dre. We love you. Nah, but thanks for tuning in. Oh, <laughs> Love. Peace.